Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth his fruit in due season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Travis, will you pray for us and lead us in a prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you once again today, Lord, Father, peace and calm assurance, Lord, that you've given us. Strength within, Lord, Father, that we know that you're able to take care of us in time of need, Lord, and sorrow and fail. Lord, Father, as we go before today, Lord, as we can be a light unto others, Lord, into the community, to reach out and to love one another, Lord, we just ask you Come down and bless and touch us, Lord. Have your way, Lord, upon the word of God that will pierce our hearts, Lord, and we'll have a desire to serve thee. Lord, that our fellowship will be strengthened, Lord. Father, our confidence, Lord, in the things that you ask us to do that will be strengthened in, in wisdom, Lord. Father, in strength that we can just go forward. And we ask you today, Lord, to bless the word of God, Lord, in our fellowship. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So blessed is who we are. It's not what we do. We can be a blessing to others. But if we say we're blessed, then it's something that God has provided that we couldn't provide for ourselves. And the reason I say that is because we can do a lot of work and never move the ball forward. Life can be a strain and a struggle and a push but that doesn't mean we ever really accomplish anything and that happens a lot but if our effort is in the wrong thing or toward the wrong thing the result we're getting is not blessed because it's not God's will and that's called striving in the Bible and in the New Testament it tells us to strive for things strive for good things strive for godly things because striving is work and God wants us to work but being blessed in that striving is that it gets a result or fruit so as King David's writing this the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart that God loved King David but did King David mess up read the story of Bathsheba took another man's wife he murdered her husband so that he could have her for his wife <laughs> that doesn't sound right so even a man after God's own heart has the ability to mess up to come short fall short so when we're reading this understand that this doesn't mean perfection to the point of the godly is somebody that does no wrong ever but it is someone that has built in a relationship with God that knows and understands I can't make it without him. 
I mess things up without him. So being blessed is he will help me in my endeavors to do the right thing. Will you be perfect? Absolutely not on this side of heaven. Will not happen. Count it out. It's not going to happen. Do the best you can. Pray for him to give you wisdom, insight, understanding of how to act amongst others. And sometimes that comes by practice. How many is afraid of doing something for the first time? Something you've never done before and it's, it's like a fear automatically takes over. It's like the unknown. It may be something super easy. But because you've never done that before, it just automatically creates a fear to say, I don't know if I can. And God tells us, don't operate in fear. The President of the United States a few years ago said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. So if you want to be afraid of anything, be afraid to fear. <laughs> what if we just had some button we could click that just turned off fear the rest of our life? How much more could we accomplish? I think a lot more. And as I was sitting there this morning and, and when we got up and sitting out here drank my coffee and enjoying community and having real near neighbors and camping. That's the beauty of this as a community. We love coming over here, not that we get to stay in tents and don't have the best showering accommodations and all those things, but it's the community of being able to walk and eat other people's food and take advantage of their hard work and labor and all that and drink their drinks that they bought and go over and help their kids that they ain't watching. And <laughs> it's the beauty of community. That's what God designed us for, is community. And as I think about not doing something, or doing something for the first time and being afraid, I watched this morning and Jimmy walked out. And it's, it's not something you usually do in public, but he's hanging over here brushing his teeth. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of weird. I usually brush my teeth in the mirror and watch myself, but I'm not used to watching other people brush their teeth. So I was just watching and sitting there and, not a lot. I wasn't, you know, it's it, it kind of... To be honest, I felt a little funny brushing my teeth. Okay. It, it, just in general, taking glances. It wasn't like a... So then I, I was, you know, every now and then taking a glance at Jimmy over and he brushed his teeth a long time. I got to thinking, I don't brush my teeth that long. So then I got to compare myself. Maybe I need to brush my teeth more. I don't know. But as I was watching that, and he's standing there, and, you know, and then out walks... Mr. Orange shirt dude here, Lucas, he come out of there and he come out and he's watching his dad and his dad's over there brushing his teeth and he come and ended up with his little bag of his toothbrush and walked over and I don't know why, but Jimmy had his own toothpaste and Lucas had his own little tube and, and he put enough on there for three people. <laughs> then I saw his dad say, How, did you say the size of a pea? I couldn't really hear. Yeah, yeah, you need about as much toothpaste for a size of pea, but see, Luke's not worried about that. He didn't buy that toothpaste. I'll usually do like 20 tubes a week. A week? It looked like it. About 20 tubes a week he uses. So, and his dad's thinking if I can get him to use the size of pea, it's going to be easier on our budget, our household budget. And anyway, Lucas, 
he was kind of, you know, he's used to being, this is his first time camping experience, I guess. They were saying earlier, and just the joy of camping for the first time. And he's watching his dad. And as he's watching his dad, he did what his dad did. And that's a good thing. Godly counsel is showing others how to do simple things, and it eases their fear. He wouldn't have been able to turn the spigot on. He wouldn't have been able to do what he needed to do, brush his teeth, without watching somebody to learn those things. And as adults, we're responsible for these kids. As a church, we're responsible for these kids. And that should be taken in high regard that we that God has put accountability on us to, to watch somebody else's kid out in the street if they're going to get hurt. And everybody done that all weekend long. It's, it's a constant, which brings an ease for parents knowing there's a big enough circle here. The kids are going to be all right as long as they stay on this one circle. And that's what most of you did, just stay on this one circle. Why? Because my peers are here. My fellow family's here. My church family's here. And there's a trust there of community. And that's what King David loved to live in, that trust of community. And he was able to accomplish big things because God blessed him that he grew up in Jesse's house. So David had learned things out there shepherding sheep because someday he's going to be king. And God knows your future before you get there. So it's amazing thinking you may be teaching children's church or nursery or something at church. You may just think you're talking to kids. But you have no idea whether you're talking to a king or somebody that's going to do something, what occupation they're going to be. But you've got to train them towards whatever God intends for them to do and encourage them to be whoever God called them to be. So in this psalm, it talks about a blessed person and a wicked person. That's two different people. Now, I don't know about you, but I've lived in both of those shoes. Has anybody else done wicked things? We have. We all have. But we've all taken this step towards Christ that puts us in the blessed camp. So these two people that King David is talking about, I think is an inward struggle. And he's trying to write it down in words that describe what he's already endured. And sometimes that's not easy to do. Self-introspection, where we truly do an internal review of oneself and stop judging others and begin judging ourselves, that's not easy. It's easy for us to sit around and say, if I was so-and-so, I would have done this. I can't believe they're over there doing that, right? And point our fingers at everybody else when God made us to work on ourselves. Can you help others learn how to brush their teeth? You can. But we're first to work on ourselves. And that's one of the verses that's most misused. A lot of people in the public say all the time, judge not lest you be judged. And that's a verse out of the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 7. Judge not, lest you be judged. How many's ever heard somebody quote that? It's a pretty well-used verse, but it's misused. 
because they don't read the rest of that. And if you read the rest of Matthew 7, it says, judge not lest you be judged, because with the same judgment you judge, you're going to be judged yourself. So think about that the next time you're judging somebody else. The same judgment I'm using on them, it's going to be just as harsh back on me. Because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know their situation. You don't know their background. And it's easy to judge from our seat, and that's called the seat of the scornful in this verse. The seat of the scornful is people that look around and find fault in everybody else, but I'm perfect. <laughs> it's not the place to be. Because the Bible's saying here in Psalms 1, that's the seat of the scornful. And a, a blessed person does not sit in that seat, it says. So basically he's saying, don't judge with a measure you're not willing to meet. And in Matthew 7, it goes on to say, you know, with the same scoop that you're scooping out, there's going to be the same coming back at you. But it tells you that it talks about the guy with a plank in his eye. You remember that? And a plank is like a two-before. So imagine an eight-foot two-before hanging out of your eye, and you're looking around hitting people with it. And you look over and you see a little bit of mold, a little bit of sleep in the corner of somebody's eye, and you're like, you got something wrong with you. you got sleep in your eye. And they're sitting there looking at you like, do you not see the two before hanging outside of your head? But the Bible says in Matthew 7, first get the two before out of your head so that you'll be able to help. And the judgment isn't to put judgment upon them, but the judgment to help them with the sleep and moat in their own eye. So as we look at that and think about that, the blessed life is a life that you help others, that you don't judge others. And that's still judgment to see a speck in somebody else's eye, but not from the point of the scornful that it's placing blame because there's something in their eye. So think about that. In our blessed life, we're able to help and our judgment is not scornful judgment, but helpful judgment. Because if you can help them see better, the world's going to be a better place. Amen? God is calling us as a church to be a church that helps above and beyond the call of duty. To go above and beyond even what we've been asked to do. It's fine a situation going on in our culture, in our society, in our world, in our community, and not out of the seat of the scornful and judge, but out of the seat of the godly that helps. If there's anything our world needs today, it's people to help and stop judging. Not scornful judgment, but helpful judgment. Because God gives us insight to be able to know the right thing to do. And when you help somebody do that right thing, it helps them and you, and that's a blessed life. That's who he's calling us to be as a church, as a community of believers, is a blessed people that goes above and beyond, that helps even when they don't ask. Don't wait on somebody to ask you to help. If God puts it on your heart, lays it upon your heart to go help somebody, He's not saying they have to come and ask so you'll do that. He's letting you know ahead of time because it may be the trigger for that individual that makes the difference of whether they make a really bad decision or a good one. 
And that falls on your shoulders as a Christian to be a helpful person that God's calling you to do above and beyond. And in this sermon series, it talks about a little bit about a story that as a coach in a high school football, sports, whatever, basketball, baseball, football, softball, track, gifted and talented, goes on and does find out who's the smartest. The world needs some smart people. Having a high IQ is not a bad thing. You're gifted. You're talented. But those coaches prepare you. They can't do it for you. Behind the scenes, they put these conditions around you, but it's still upon you. They'll, they'll take. How, how many has ever took your kid to practice? When you go home, do you still practice? If you don't, you should. Because the practice isn't just about when we're in the community that we're being forced to practice, but the practice is to show you how to practice during your own time. Okay? And the proof is always in the pudding, as old-timers used to say. Because the people that practice the most are usually the most successful. Why? Because it's repetition. If you want to be a good hitter, hit a lot. If you want to be a good quarterback, throw the ball a lot. If you want to be good, I, I can't even, I don't even know how they do it. It's a girl softball. And, and this past year watching the team. And she deserves to go to Marshall. She's put in a lot of effort to go to Marshall. And that's somebody from our community. That's a big deal. But that repetition only the proof is only shown in the game and I hate to say that life is a game but it is and we can do this stuff here and it's easy to be a Christian here but this isn't where God is calling us to just do it here it's at your workplace it's at your family events it's wherever God sends you that's the game. And the game is the place where God wants you to impact others. We can do that here, and we do that pretty well here, I believe. But he's asking us to go above and beyond and live a blessed life that points that to others, that creates change in others, that helps others. How many would like to have somebody in your family come to know God that don't know God currently? I'd say we all do. If you don't, you're living in a pretty good family. That If everybody knows Jesus, that's a pretty good family. And God's calling us to be that impact, be those change agents. And just like that coach, we can be the coach that shows them how, but we can't do it for them. Because life is a game, and that game is not fair. Amen? That game is not fair. So as you think about that, and ponder that. Be a good coach. That's not the seed of the scornful. A good coach is not one that scorns every player every time. May have to every now and then. If he knows, once he knows that player, or she knows that player, and knows how to coach this one's different than how to coach that one. Joe Don, you, this year, I'm sure you found that out. 
Sign up for Little League. You want to figure this out, sign up for Little League. It's like herding cats. But it's a good thing because it trains them the basics to get where they need to go. But the big question to me is in this blessed life thing, you have to decide, what was I designed for? When God created me, what did he create me for? We have to decide, was I created for being blessed or being wicked? And that's a struggle. That's a struggle for a lot of people in our lives. It's a struggle for us as Christians still. There will be a day where you wake up that you wonder, am I able to do this or not? Am I, can I just give up and go back and do it the old way and be my old self again? I, I'm tired of struggling. Don't do that. Keep fighting the good fight, Paul said. Run the race. Finish the race. The Bible says, He that endures till the end shall be saved. So it doesn't matter what we do in a segment of our life, but the remainder of our life. And if you mess up, get back in the fold. Every morning you wake up, decide, what am I going to do today? Who am I going to be? And do the very best you can. So are you wicked or are you blessed? That's your two options. And those two options can be defined in heaven or hell. There's a lot of things that we can say about those same two options. And basically what I'm saying is it's a really simple thing. Life is really simple. You have two options. What am I going to do? There's not a million options. There's two options. What am I going to do? Am I going to be blessed? Am I going to be wicked? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? It's simple. It really is. Don't overcomplicate it and say, I can't live up and do what Travis does. Right? You're not Travis, Chris. You don't need to do what Travis did. Be Chris. Right? It's simple. We're not going to be as good as Jessica. We're just not going to be that good. It's... Right, Shannon? Yeah. Amen. He, he's amen. Am I going to be wicked? Am I going to be blessed? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? The choice is simple. But who, what did God design you for? So if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1... It says, created he man in his image. He formed him out of the dust of the ground, breathed life into him. Do you think that God breathed in wicked or that God breathed in blessed? I think that's a simple answer, blessed. The Bible says everything good comes from God. It's simple. He's a good God. He's a good God. Amen? He breathed life into us, a blessed life. He didn't breathe wickedness into you. You know who that comes from? The enemy. The enemy of our souls. The one that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And God said, it's real simple. Just do what I called you to do. Be who I called you to be. And you'll be blessed. I know that sounds too simplistic, but I promise you it is that simple. Christianity is that simple. It is that plain. And it's what he's wanting you to do is to be blessed. So today, the decision is ours. We've got to live in community, smell each other's 
perspiration, up close and personal, watch people brush their teeth. A little bit too intimate, but it's a good thing. It's community. And that's the closeness that God is calling us to do as a church and be as a church. And we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And I'm thankful that the bridge has people just like us. Diverse, different backgrounds, doing the same thing. What is that same thing? Following God. We learn together and we serve together. That's a good day. Let's pray. God, we thank you for giving us Psalms 1 and the lessons from King David's life. Lord, as he was depicting in these verses, the the very straightforward difference of being wicked and being blessed. And you just find both of those. And Lord, we thank you that as you're challenging us and training us through these verses, Lord, that we would use them. Lord, that we would be blessed by them so that we can make wise choices. And God, for the people here that need to make a choice today to follow you, to chase after you, to strive towards you, God, that you would equip them to do just that, that your Holy Spirit would allow us and quicken us to make the right choices and do the right things. God, I pray over the people of the bridge, the families, the community, that you would just allow us to be blessed above all things, that we would help, that we would not judge scornfully. We would be like you, an agent of change, an agent of help. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Love God, love people.